Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. This is our uh, our post show for WrestleMania 36, night one. The show just ended a couple minutes ago, so we're here recording our general reactions and I guess a review of the show. Uh, I'm your host, Pat. And I am Robbie Rotten, or you can just call me Rob. That's fine, too. Hi, my name is Glenn Crawford, also known as Sam for short. I am Ryan the Indie Nerd, a.k.a. just Ryan. Yo, it's Joe E. Okay. Well, anyways, this is our WrestleMania 36 review for night one. And uh, like I said, the show just uh, just about ended. Um, be sure to go follow us over on Twitter. If you're not doing that already, Deep Six Wrestling without the G. So it's pretty straightforward if you understand spelling of how to get that. And uh, also be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to. Uh, you know, we always appreciate it. And if And if you're on a platform where you can review it, then, you know, leave us a nice review. Uh, but, you know, we don't want to – the whole idea of doing two separate reviews for Mania is uh, to keep things, you know, nice and uh, palatable in terms of the time. So I guess we can just get right into this. Uh, yeah. First off, what was everybody's general general thoughts on the show before we get into the matches? Uh, Rob, if you want to go first on that. um, I didn't know what to think going in, but I thought definitely there were a lot of highs and lows. I, I, I'll take away that the matches with performers who were really – charismatic and kind of like talk to each other and basically the matches with the builds were better because they were more poor they felt more personal and everybody was kind of yelling at each other it just felt better it was interesting i'll definitely say it was interesting and i'm pretty excited for tomorrow night Hmm. well i would say uh glenn crawford here i have not uh been paying attention to uh raw side of the uh wwe spectrum it's more the uh, smackdown side so i was more hyped for the smackdown matches uh and obviously i knew going into it it wasn't going to be like any other wrestlemania like obviously it's two nights and so on and so forth but just how they were had a i knew before that they were pulling wrestlers i knew that it was going to be interesting so (laughs) Uh, so I thought that overall it really surprised me. I thought that it was going to be kind of a messy situation. Um, from what I had seen previously of the matches that they've recorded from like SmackDown, Raw, NXT without uh, a live crowd, it wasn't as great as say AEW with no crowd. Um, but uh, these matches tonight I thought were very well done uh, for the most part. Maybe one or two matches that could have been scrapped or, you know, never existed in the first place. Uh, but sure. other than that, it was a very good show overall, I think. And that's coming from somebody who uh, Rob has notoriously called me uh, somebody who just hates on the WWE for a lot of their stuff. Facts. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, highs and lows, definitely. Um, I had zero faith uh, coming into into tonight um, for the show, but honestly, I'm very, very glad they didn't cancel it. Um, tonight was very surprising, and I thought it was pretty solid, and I'm definitely excited for tomorrow night. Um, I think you have a lot more better matches on tomorrow night's card, so I think it's going to be a, like, a lot better. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean I mean, these... I mean. Look at it. you got you got um, Orton and Edge and Last Man Standing. You have the Firefly, F- Father Firefly mm-hmm. Funhouse, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then you have uh, Drew and uh, Lesnar. I mean, and then you also have Charlotte and Rhea. So like, those are all like solid top tier matches. Otis and Ziggler, man. 
I mean, I'd even, I would even go and say that the, I'm, like, I'm, I think the SmackDown Fatal Five Way could be very good. I mean, you've got, I can see it being good. I yeah, don't know if I, I, I would, yeah, I don't you have top uh, tier, but like, I, I, I think it will be better than uh, the two women's matches that went on tonight. We'll get, we'll get into that. Um, we'll see. Because yeah, we we can get into we can that. talk about that and, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> now well, I yeah, do we'll have to, it. yeah. Now I do have to say, I guess I am going to be the the black sheep here. Uh, I I didn't love this show. Uh, I don't think it was a knock on WWE's part. I think it's just me personally. I I found it very hard to get into any of these empty arena shows, even AEW. I think they've really AEW's done really well with like their pre tape stuff, like the the Jericho and Matt Hardy stuff, and like the Brody Lee Dark Order stuff. But the actual matches, I don't know. I just there's something about the empty arena like environment when you're used to like hot crowds. Like Mania always has a super hot crowd. AEW Weekly has a hot crowd, so it's kind of just weird seeing these matches wrestled in an empty arena. I'll give you that. It's tough that, because it's yeah. different. It's it it's is different. very different. Um, yeah, so for me, for, for me, the, mo- the uh, most of the show didn't really hit with me. I do. I, there were bits and pieces that I did really like, and we'll get into that. But overall, uh, it, it wasn't technically my cup of tea i like I'm, i understand why a lot of people are gonna like this show and i am looking forward to tomorrow night because like everybody said the matches for tomorrow are probably uh going to be better um or at least are or it's something more to look forward to they but a uh, higher caliber yeah there's a higher caliber of match so i guess we can just you know kick things off dive in the, yeah uh there was a pre-show match that was uh drew gulak versus cesaro and i think my only complaint about this match was that it was too short agreed yeah, I agree too. I agree as well. Uh, yeah, it was, and it didn't really make sense as to why it was too short. Like it went on at like six thirty, or it, I think it, it finished at like six thirty-five. Yeah. It finished yeah. exactly six thirty-five. It could have been yeah. at least ten minutes longer, or twenty oh, minutes longer. Who, who knows? It, it should have been um, at least five minutes longer, though. I definitely hope to see more from these two in the future. I thought they really gelled well together. Uh, I think Gulak's been on a stride lately of knocking things out that he's been given. So hopefully we get more of him on SmackDown. I mean, it also Three. helps that it's two of the best workers in the entire main roster. Um, yeah, from an in-ring perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. Gulak as this like protege, I-, I wouldn't say protege to uh, Brian, but like as his partner in crime, I'd guess. Uh, like he's really his character. He's finally got a, like a character that I think people can get behind because he's with somebody that like everybody loves. And uh, we'd get to see more of that uh, tonight when uh, Brian and Zane had their match. And Cesaro, I mean, as I've said, I'm big Cesaro fan. Uh, but I um I agree that uh, Gulak's really getting to show his personality. He's definitely an underrated. Uh, Charisma, you know, he's got underrated charisma. And he's really been showing it. He has had short bursts in the past, but now he's actually being given the time on TV instead of, you know, 205 Live. He was showing it, but not as many people were watching that. So oh, I can go, I can go on for hours about Drew yeah, Gulak on know. 205 Live. Yeah, you, you, I, been you always and been a uh, hot take, Jake. Yeah, and hot take, Jake. But me, me more. I've been a fan of Gulak before, Jake. Jake, Jake's only a fan of, of Drew Gulak because I showed him the way of 205 Live. Uh, so are you but two, uh, Joey, would you be the two hundred five live Messiah? Yeah, probably. Oh, <laughs> if, if that was an option, I'd think so. Joey and Sam, do you have any reactions to this match? Uh, I mean, it was okay. I uh, I'm gonna be honest. I missed it because I was trying to eat dinner. 
That, okay, that's fair. That is fair. It was kind of weird. Uh, like, I mean, it's not typically Mania starts earlier. It starts at like five, and so this pre-show came at six o'clock. Uh, so it was kind of weird. The Mania itself or was like starting as a normal pay-per-view tonight, um, and on a Saturday, it is weird having a WWE pay-per-view on a Saturday. But I think that speaks to like I was only downstairs, you know, away from my TV. And I missed the whole match, basically, just getting yeah, again, it how short was, it was. <laughs> it was very short. I think it was, like, under eight or six minutes. I'd say, yeah, probably yeah. about six, seven minutes at most. Joey, do you have anything of substance to add, or just pretty much going to agree that it was good? Yeah, it was good. It, it wasn't, like, you know, anything over the top, but it was it was good. Okay. Uh, from there, we went to uh, the main show. Uh, there was a video package that... At least for uh, well, first off, there was they did a really I thought was pretty cool thing with the uh, the national anthem where they basically just spliced together every other performance of the national anthem from every previous yeah. WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I props to that. The editing department knocked it out of the park on that one. Uh, and the editing department was the best throughout the show, and I'll, I'll uh. speak more on that later. But um, from there, we had a what felt like for me. Uh, an intro package to this pay-per-view that felt like it took forever with a, uh, with a Jack Sparrow impersonator arguing with the voiceover guy. Great. Very strange stuff. Um, and then I on the pre- had it been in Raymond James stadium, it would have played better and it would have been fine. Yeah, probably. It was just a bit strange for me. Um, and then uh, on the pre-show, I believe it was uh, hinted at that Rollins and Owens was going to be opening the pay-per-view and the show opened. They legit and- said, the first match of the night, I'm pretty sure. I'm like 90% sure they said that. Yeah, and so when we came into the actual arena, there was Rob Gronkowski there introducing us to WrestleMania, Gronk Mania, okay? Uh, and then we went into the women's tag title match, so that kind of threw me for a loop uh, and just felt strange. But uh, it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross taking on the Kabuki Warriors. And uh, the match, I think, went around like 15-ish minutes. And I actually, I thought this was a pretty good match for the most part. Uh, the only issue I had personally was uh, there was a point where uh, I think it was Nikki was pinning Asuka and the ref's counting. And he goes, one, two. And then he stops and it cuts to a different shot. Clearly, it like <laughs> edited a different time. And he's just not counting as Nikki is still on top of Asuka. And Kyrie comes down with the elbow. And it made it feel like it was like four or five seconds of a pin uh, that Nikki had on Asuka. And that kind of threw me off. But the actual match itself, I thought was pretty good for what it was. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was a really strong opener. I wasn't expecting much from this match, but I really should have because Nikki's great. They're all great. I mean, Alexa, like we've said in the past, is not the best in the ring. But she's with the right opponent. She works really well. And Asuka is fantastic, as Kyrie saying. So it really worked. I thought Nikki looked like a star here. And what, like I said before, when people are being loud, when the performers are being loud, you'd have to see it to know what I'm talking about. But when they're being loud in the ring and yelling and all that stuff, it really made up for there not being a crowd. And the Kabuki Warriors and Nikki Cross were, like, fantastic at that. And, um... Yeah, I definitely agree. That was a little a little uh, jarring for that breakup, but I don't think it was as bad as you think when you were watching. But it was it was definitely too much. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was good. Good opener. Uh, and maybe this sets up Asuka and Kyrie to break up going forward because they lost the championships. Yeah, they've been together for a good amount of time and they kind of mm-hmm. didn't do anything with the title. So I did like that they finally did change hands. And I think that 
Blisscross has really proved themselves in the past couple months, just kind of building themselves as a tag team. Um, I like the match overall. I mean, the the cutting part, I mean, it kind of has to happen. I, I know that they're probably with this ability to just cut at random times with no crowd pre-taped. They definitely want to put out the best product if they're only going to have two nights with they're going to charge people $30. But, um, uh, yeah, overall, I like the match. Uh, I think that uh, Bliss Cross should bring more uh, meaning to the title. You know, maybe hopefully see it more <laughs> use because before it was only just Oscar or just, you know, Carrie holding the title randomly. So hopefully this does well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that this was one of the matches that I would have said uh, could have had, it could have gone either way. Um, I thought that there was, a, a, like Pat said, the editing uh, at in that one spot was a little off. Um, I thought that commentary, th- this was one of the ma- one of maybe two matches that co- commentary really did not do it justice for the match. Um, uh, my big one, my biggest gripes of the night was JBL on commentary. Um, and <laughs> what a hater! I, so <laughs> at one point, this was one of the bigger gripes about it was uh, so Cole throws it to JBL and says. Oh, JBL, you spent time in Japan. Can you translate this for us? And JBL <laughs> says, I can't translate Byron. Um, Byron wasn't there. He hasn't worked with Byron in years. Why is Byron getting thrown in here? What does that have to do with it? Byron speaks perfect English. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, it, it, I, I can't say I miss JBL it, on J- commentary. We, we'll, we'll get to the other big gripe I had with JBL later in the night. Um, Bliss and Cross, I had forgotten that they had won the tag team titles before. Um, shows how much I care about this this tag division. It shows how much the WWE cares about this tag division. Uh, I don't care at all. Hopefully Asuka and Kyrie do something because they're two of the best in-ring workers on the main roster. And yes. All right, Joey, finish us off, buddy. Uh, yeah, so um, I thought it was a good match. Um, I think the right team won. Um, and I really hope that this causes um, Asuka and Kyrie to kind of split up and go their separate ways because they're both stars, in my opinion. And I think they could thrive better like as uh, single competitors. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with them exactly and with a lot of people going forward um, because really we don't know what TV programming is going to be like after Monday. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this all plays out. But I'm not excited. I said it on the other pod last episode that I don't really expect many NXT call-ups. Um, no. I don't see like Gargano or Ciampa coming up. No. Uh, so it should. It's a it's a bad situation all around. The world's not doing so well. It's gonna obviously. be it's gonna be crazy because usually like the Raw after Mania is so special and it's gonna be like probably a WrestleMania recap show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll probably have like yeah. promos with like the winners from Raw. It's gonna be so. Be about it. Well, like, I, yeah. I know that so. it's been reported that the both the Raw and, and SmackDown after Mania have both been recorded already. So, yeah, they have been, but like if you look at how Raw and SmackDown have been already, it's mainly just yeah, been like, like one or two matches and promos and then yeah. clips. So I would assume that they'll probably 
Uh, for Raw, they'll probably have... I don't even know if there will be a match. It might just be promos, and then they can air Shayna versus Becky and Drew versus Brock yeah. again uh, as, like, encores. Yeah, I can Maybe. see it. Or, I mean, we'll see. and if there is anybody that is going to get moved up, they can, like, do a promo. Again, I don't I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see that for a see. while. We will see on yeah, Monday. I think... Yeah, we'll see you on Monday, and we'll talk yeah, about it on fair. Wednesday that's when we fair. do the next podcast. Um, moving forward, this will probably be the quickest match we talk about all night, or maybe not the quickest, but Elias versus uh, King Corbin. <laughs> this match lasted uh, nearly 10 minutes, and it should have been maybe five. Uh, this was, I didn't enjoy a single second three. of this. So, yeah, three. I would have been okay with this not even existing. And um, they teased that it wasn't going to exist, and it yeah, made me happy. I, I I didn't enjoy a second of this. And there was also another editing issue I had here because towards the end of the match, Elias went for a DDT and he kind of just fell on the ground and Corbin like reacted by like trying to roll him up. And they, they, this is something that could have been reshot or just edited out completely. It just looked like sloppy and weird. Um, And Elias picked up the win here. Yeah, it was, it was a match. Does anybody really care about this at all? No, Uh, too long. No, (laughs) Yeah, too long. Long. Too there's, long. Really, there's there's nothing you know to what? talk about with this Corbin should have won. That's all I'll say. I agree. I agree Corbin should have won. Well, yeah, we'll see if anything. I don't think I like I could have seen Corbin winning here and then getting into something with like Mojo and Gronk yeah. or maybe that'll happen tomorrow, I don't know, but Yeah, whatever. Overall, going to be a no for me on this one. Yeah, I agree. Not WrestleMania worthy. Mm-mm. And then from there we had, I believe it was uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna, right? Correct. That was the yeah. That was it. Felt in when the that Bex like, Express, baby. Yeah, it's back. Uh, Becky came out in the Bex Express, and this was again. This is the third match on the main show, and it kind of it took me by surprise that this was coming on so early. Um, uh, yeah, it was Becky came out in her big truck, and Shayna and like he, it showed her on the truck, and then it cut back to Shayna making her entrance, and then it cut back, and then like Becky made her entrance. It was. Kind of weird that it went in that order, but it's fine. It doesn't really matter in hindsight. Um, and Shayna Baszler lost this match. Uh, the majority of us predicted that Shayna was going to lose, so uh, shows that was that was a pretty predictable uh, thing there. Um, I it was it, I thought it was a fine match. It wasn't anything special. Shayna and Becky have both had better matches. Um, I don't think this was helped by an empty arena at all. Yeah, I thought if anything, the empty arena took away from this match I get, for me. I disagree. Um, I agree. I actually disagree. No, I agree. I think it did. I, um, yeah, right. So go my ahead. My reasoning for why I said that I, I think that dis, I disagree with it was because I liked how loud they were making the strikes. Oh yeah, yeah. actually, to that extent, um, I will agree that I think I think that aspect, like the strikes, all sounded like harder. But I, I thought that was that way for like the rest of the night too. I thought a lot of the striking sounded a lot harder because there was no there was other noise. This match and one other match, which we'll get to later, but that I really thought that yeah. that helped. But at the same yeah. time, I thought the crowd not being there took away from any heat Shayna was going to get and any Absolutely. pops that Becky was going to get. See, I, so I really, think... I think it was a shame there was no crowd for this. See, but Agreed. See, for this one, Agreed. I don't think there would have been like this major pop and major heat that anybody was going to get. I, Becky, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Becky, well. Becky is like one of Becky is probably the most over person mm-hmm. on the roster right now, mm-hmm. and she would have easily gotten babyface reactions for this. Yes, um, some people may think her, she's stale and be tired of her, but the majority of fans yeah. are not yet. Personally, I love Becky. I am a bit tired of her title reign. Again, it's been a year, and now they just they brought up Shayna, and I believe that they've completely mishandled uh, mishandled Shayna. And now, mm-hmm. like again, Becky ran through the entire Raw division, 
And now who does she face? So my assumption is that she's got to be facing like somebody maybe debuting if they do call yeah. up somebody from NXT, like maybe Bianca. But then it kind of just makes Shayna look like a waste or if Ronda's coming back. But besides that, I don't know. Like I said yeah. last like I said last podcast, I believe um Shayna's like chamber match is where she peaked. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I, I sadly think you're right. I, um, I agree with Pat on this, though. I thought it was solid. I thought it was a little bit short. I agree with the short. But I thought they had good yeah, chemistry. And that's what, why I'm kind of upset. And that it was, it was so a good short. finish, too. That's why I'm so um, upset more that it was so short and like very, it seemed like a very rushed finish. Yeah, but the finish was good, even though it, it was two roll-ups yeah. in a row. Yeah, that's what I was say. It was the second roll-up in a row. And that, but that's not like, their fault. That shouldn't be on that type of match now, the title yeah. match. No, I, I disagree. They're way better than In this that. type They're of match where Shayna was kind of the dominant one and Becky was kind of the underdog, I thought the roll-up made sense. I thought the roll-up was fine. Again, I just I think the issue was that the match right before this, we saw a roll-up finish. That's fair. And yeah. it was sloppy. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you would, like, honestly, if you had put this on before Elias and Corbin, I think it would have been fine because we wouldn't have just seen the roll-up. And nobody cared about Corbin and Elias anyway. So if they went for the roll-up after Becky and Shayna – it wouldn't have yeah. changed anybody's opinion. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was the Raw Women's title match. And uh, from here, we're going to go on to the Intercontinental Championship match, yes. correct? That was next? Correct. All right, so yeah, uh, the IC title match was uh, Sami Zayn defending against Daniel Bryan uh, with Drew Gulak in Bryan's corner and uh, the new Artist Collective, as they're being called by Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro in his corner. I'm actually going to go last on this. Um, I want to hear everybody else's opinions on this first. So, Rob, you can go first for us. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I thought being able to hear Sammy and, and Daniel, like, clearly was pretty funny. There were some great moments there. Uh, there was, like, a scary suicide dive at one point where Brian hit the barricade head first, but he didn't even, like, stop at all. He just went, rolled Sammy right back to the ring and kept going. I, that made me cringe, but, hey, <laughs> I guess he's okay. Yeah. Uh, these two had great chemistry, of course. I mean, I thought it was a really fun match, hard hitting, and just I don't know, right amount of interference to keep the the rivalry going going forward. And thought it was a good match with the right winner, so uh, I was happy. Um, so I think both you know Brian and Sammy have great personalities, especially Sammy as a heel. I liked him when he was a face back when he was with. I mean, like. NXT days, and I think that even now he's even better. Um, and it's a complete sweep for the artist collective with uh, Cesaro's win and his win. Um, but yeah, overall, great match. I liked it. Uh, so I thought this was a really good match um, on paper. I thought in ring, uh, there was a lot of really good spots. Um, I think that the barricade situation, uh, Killian Dane. Uh, he tweeted out during the match or either after the match or during the match. Um, if there's no crowd, why is there a barricade? Uh, and if there wasn't a barricade, that spot with, with Sammy and Brian would have not made me cringe. Um, I cringed as well, just knowing the history of Brian in his head. Um, but if but not, I, Daniel might have just died. Well, there w- wouldn't be anything there. He would... <laughs> Like he might have hit the ground. Head first. I mean, I don't think he would have hit the. I I think the issue is that you're trying to get generate enough speed so that you crash into that barricade, and if you don't have the barricade there, then you don't have to worry about trying to get just enough to get there. Um, Maybe. I mean, 
I, I don't know. I'm not a wrestler. I've never tried to wrestle or anything like that. Maybe uh, we could ask a wrestler one day um, or somebody who's training to be a wrestler one day uh, about spots like that. Um, but uh, overall, I think the right person won- wins again. Um, I was very happy. I hope this feud continues. Um, and yeah, other than that, don't have much to say. Uh, yeah, the right person definitely won. Um, I'm I'm glad Sammy finally has won a title since moving up to the main roster. Agreed. Um, it would have been very disappointing. I love Daniel Bryan, but it would have been disappointing to see him drop the title already, um, especially, you know, in an empty arena. Uh, again, this is definitely a mania match um, on paper, um, and it was a good match in, in general, too. Um, I think really the crowd not being there takes away from it. But you can say that about a lot of matches. Yeah. And that's that's my whole thing about this show is that no matter how good the match was, it's going to be missing something, and that's the crowd. Well, I think we can argue that about almost every match except for uh, the a couple. Yard. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's – well, yeah. Well, I mean, there but, was, wouldn't uh, be we'll a crowd get to that later. regardless. We will yeah. get to that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, this match for me was, I, I was, uh, very entertained by it, but as an actual, like, in-ring performance from, uh, Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn, who are probably two of the best wrestlers in the company, I thought it left a lot to be desired, and I don't think that was either man's fault, uh, something that I noticed while I was watching this that I found very strange and, possibly indicative of some bigger issues is that Sami Zayn never really hit a move besides strikes and the Haluva kick. Uh, he didn't hit like the blue thunder bomb. He didn't hit like the Koji clutch. He didn't hit any suplexes or anything. Uh, and since he's come back, I don't think he's hit anything else besides like strikes and the Haluva kick. Uh, so I'm very interested because I believe he tore He's torn both of his rotator cuffs, so I'm interested if he's not 100% healed or if he has healed and he he physically like can't do the wrestling moves he used to be able to do. Um, and if that's the if that's the case, I wonder if it's really worth like having Sami Zayn around as a wrestler, not like as a manager or on screen personality. Um, so the entire time during this match, I was kind of just sitting there. I thought. I thought Sammy and Brian clicked great with what they were able to do. I thought Sammy being like overly loud and whining and screaming, thought that was all great. And like Rob said, I thought the right amount of interference for what they were doing made sense, made Gulak look pretty good um, despite his loss earlier in the night. But I just couldn't like get over the fact that like this, like if you were to tell me like a year ago or maybe a, a bit longer ago, that we were going to see Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan in a singles match at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. On paper, I would think that's going to be the match that steals the show. It's going to be, hands down, like a match of the year contender. And here I was just sitting here like, is should Sami Zayn even be wrestling right now? Because it doesn't seem like he is okay uh, physically or at 100%. So I am that's... interested to see what's going to happen going forward. Cause if that's the case, I don't think he should hold the title that long. They should probably get it off at that point. Um, but I could be also wrong. Maybe he's just holding back or maybe they don't want him doing his big moves or anything while he's champion, while he's being like this new heel character. Um, I think it's something that we'll see as time moves on. Um, yeah, I think the right man won in storyline wise. I think Sammy deserves the win here. 
Um, so I'm not going to knock him for that. And I'm not going to knock either guy because, again, I don't know the circumstances regarding the actual physical capability of Sami Zayn. Yeah, that's an interesting take. That's possible. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I, I do. I, I did notice that as well. Um, I didn't watch Elimination Chamber, so I do not know like if he did any moves in that. He did I not. Think all he, he, I think he just hit like a haluva kick, right? Yeah, correct. Because Braun yeah, dominated was... him pretty much the whole match. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So um, I just took I that know. up as Braun being Braun, but that's an interesting point you bring up in this match. Yeah. I didn't think about it. Yeah. So I hope everything's okay with Sami Zayn because I yeah. would love to see the old Sami Zayn come out one day. Uh, again, his match with Nakamura and his match with Neville in NXT were, are two of my favorite matches of all time. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully he's okay and we get to see more of him down the line. Agreed. Uh, and you know, in general, I do want to just take a time to say, I think the IC title right now, the scene that it's win with Gulak, Brian, uh, Zayn, Nakamura and Cesaro, I think it's in good hands. Um, I think those are the guys that should be feuding for that belt. Yes. And I would assume we'll probably see all of them probably pass around the title over the next year or so, uh, hopefully. Uh Um, so in that regard, that's good. And again, just hoping Sami Zayn is okay. Uh, moving on from there. I believe uh, next up was the SmackDown Tag Team Ladder match. Am I right? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That match went, I have the time here, that went 18 minutes and 33 seconds. Um, So it was was the longest match up until this point on the card. Um, I thought it was a pretty typical. Wait, before uh, you get into it, it was uh, the representatives were John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston versus Jimmy Uso in a one-on-one-on-one match for the tag team titles. Yes, that is true. I forgot to mention that that match was changed uh, earlier today on WWE The Bump. Uh, so, shout out to The Bump. Yep. Um, Number one program in Denmark. Yep, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, I thought this match was, kind of, for me, it just felt like a pretty typical WWE ladder match. Um, there were some pretty cool spots. There was a really nice starship pain from Morrison uh-huh. to Jimmy on a ladder at one point. Uh, don't forget um, the Spanish, though. Oh, the Spanish flying. Also, we just talked about like it's. I think that benefited because like me and Pat and who else went to the the House of Hardcore show? Angelo and Sam, I think. Yeah, mm. when we saw uh, Morrison try to do that same spot um, with against Ray Phoenix, he failed it twice in a row, and like with him just slipping off the ropes or like just not being able to balance himself so he jumped off the ropes so i feel like this actually being taped and being edited who knows how many times it took him to do it but thank god that they did edit it because yeah i mean to be fair we don't know if he yeah, did fail but, like he could have hit it first try right. but like but in theory yeah, yes in theory like, yes, i saw a lot sense. of people posting about that they were shocked that he was able to like complete the move because like you'll see him stumble a lot of times doing it because it is just such a tough move to pull off um so i thought that was uh, a good use of the editing if it was edited um but i yeah, thought that this was match definitely... a really good spot that would need to be talked about yeah uh this match definitely i feel like probably had the most editing and uh, not in a bad way too i think that this match probably was designed to have the most edit but besides the main event um but just to, you know, probably give t- people time to recover. They didn't have to worry about, like, mo- like two minutes while people are down and not getting ladders. They can kind of cut around that. So I thought it for 20 minutes it flew by yes, for me. agreed. Um, which is pretty good. Um, but for me, again, it just kind of felt like a typical WWE ladder match. But uh, I did actually really like the finish with um, all three guys holding on to the titles. 
uh, and then Morrison kind of just fell out and won. It was a bit silly that like you wouldn't have Kofi and the Uso team up against the heel, but it's, the visual was actually pretty creative in my mind. So uh, props to that, but it was a good match. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. Uh, it was definitely a bizarre feel for a ladder match. I really do feel it was hampered without the crowd because, you know, the crowd usually goes nuts for every gigantic spot in a ladder match. And yep. I think it would have been elevated by the crowd as more than just a particular, like, uh, I would, I would agree. Yeah, regular sure. ladder match, but it didn't have the crowd. So there were definitely some great spots, but again, no crowd, no reaction, except for Moss at home being like, Oh God, but that doesn't translate. So, you know, it, it was good, but, and I love the finish, but you know, it was as good as it could be under the right circumstances or under these circumstances anyway. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Rob pretty much. Like, it, especially if you know the crowd was there to hype it up. Like, I mean, those guys were going pretty intense for having no one there, <laughs> which I think is crazy. Um, I mean, I know a couple times they like, threw ladders at each other, um, and like you said, the starship pain was insane. Um, and I just want to make a point here that I called that uh, ending there. <laughs> when we were talking all together before it started that they were going to all grab at it. So, uh, yeah, overall good match. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and j- just, I just want to add one last thing because I know I talked a little bit already. Um, I thought this was, in my opinion, the best match in the ring um, of the night. This would like not, I'm not counting the Boneyard match, but of all the matches that were in an actual ring, I thought this was the most fun. I thought this, it wasn't anything we haven't seen before, but I actually think, now correct me if I'm wrong, but was the triple threat of the original triple threat where it was six, the three teams, was that going to be a ladder match or was it just a, okay. yeah, no, that was a ladder I match. I think yeah. this was better than what the ladder match would have been. Um, and mm. he, here's my reason. Here's my reason. I think they put the three most athletic individuals in there. Um, that yeah. could do the most creative spots. Like I, I, Miz is great. Big E is great. Usos are great as a collective, but I think that like you're not gonna get them crazy. You're not gonna get a skull crushing finale that is off the ropes into some crazy spot. You're not gonna get a big ending out of that. I think that these three individuals put on a really good match. Uh, yes, if the crowd was there, it would have been a little bit better. Uh, but you could say that about basically any match minus maybe King Corbin and Elias and Goldberg versus Braun. Um, yeah, fair point. And uh, one last thing is that I- I'm happy that Morrison and Miz get to continue their reign. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes because I, who will be the next team to step up? It will be interesting to see if the, depending on what happens with the world in the next few months. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So definitely was a good match for you know the circumstances. Um. I think a ladder match is probably like hurts a lot that a crowd's not there. That type of match. Uh. But I think they pulled off what they could, and yeah, it was a good match. Uh. Yeah. To Ryan's final point, I don't think you'll see it tag team coming to challenge Miz and Morrison for a while. No. Um, especially because, you know, the implication of this becoming the the triple threat with Miz not being in it and the others not being in it 
is that the report that Miz showed up to the taping sick is true, which would, in, even if he doesn't have the, you know, COVID-19 or whatever, I would assume that he wouldn't be allowed back at the Performance Center as a precautionary measure, which means that him and Morrison wouldn't be, you know, wrestling with, um, or setting up new feuds. So I don't know what they're going to do. It should be interesting. Oh, um, mm-hmm. And again, we also don't know what's happening with TV, so we have to kind of but just wait to see. off that point, I, I feel like if, if they if the Miz's sickness is as bad as they're th- as you think, or like they're not going to put him back in the performance center until like he gets quarantined or anything like that. If that's the case, why would you give Morrison and Mi- keep the belts on Mor- Miz and Morrison if they're not going to be on TV for the next few weeks? Morrison will still be on TV and you can still have the Miz like come in via like yeah, taped promos or something. Because, again, these shows that they've already been airing have already been stripped down and they're not – full cast yeah. isn't there. So they don't need to be there physically. Um, so these guys can just do, like, the dirt sheet or something. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Plus, I don't, I don't even think – I think if they are coming back to tape more, it's it's supposed to be in, like, two weeks' time. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a fine match. Um, and then uh, from there, we had what I think – uh, I was I was greatly anticipating this match. We had Kevin Owens versus uh-huh. Seth Rollins mm-hmm. uh, in a non-stipulation match, and um, you know these two have been having a pretty hot feud on Raw. I haven't really been watching Raw, but in the highlights, they've been having some really good promos lately, which says a lot because they're really these two have been knocking it out of the park in the empty arena. Uh, Rollins cut like one of his best promos in a long time the other day on uh, KO, um, and then we got this match, and Seth Rollins came out in like religious robes and I thought it was it was a cool attire. Um and then the actual match happened and I thought these guys had a really, really great match. Like up into up until the point we're about to talk to, this probably would have been my match of the night from like an in ring perspective. And then they do a DQ finish at WrestleMania when Seth Rollins hits Kevin Owens with the ring bell. Um so up until this point, uh what what did everybody think of Oh, it was great. Fantastic. Absolutely great. Yeah, great, great this match. This is the match I was yeah. alluding to before that every hit sounded really painful and yes, real. Yes, I agree. I thought this, and I also thought uh, towards the beginning of Sami Zayn and Daniel yeah. Bryan, like when they were trading strikes, it also sounded really good. Um, And so, you know, uh, Seth gets the DQ, DQs himself. So Kevin Owens gets a win here, right? Take that down in your in your notebooks. Kevin Owens technically wins this first uh, this first thing. And then uh, Rollins is like celebrating that he won via or lost via DQ. He's just like walking away, and uh, and Owens gets in the ring on a mic and says that you know Seth, if if you really are as good as you say, if you're the god and not a bitch, then uh, come back and fight me, uh, no DQ. And so Rollins accepts and comes back in the ring, and they get back to a no DQ match now, and th- it's 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 a very slow no DQ match that they have for the rest of this um, on the outside, and it didn't even last that long um, from here on out. There's some like chair shots on the outside, um, and then there was obviously the big dive that Kevin Owens took off the uh, off the the, the sign, um, and that was really cool. But uh, man, as a whole, like once that DQ happened, it just really took me out of this match. Um, so I, I don't know where I officially stand on this. I, I, again, I really, really loved the opening half of this, but then the DQ happened and the second half happened and I just, I just lost all interest. Um, you know, I agree that they shouldn't have done the DQ, but I'm not going to say it completely took me out of the match. I still thought they had a really great match together 
And uh, that dive probably could have happened no DQ or not. But I guess it took away the countouts. I don't know. I still thought it was really fun. Uh, the length and personal issues of this feud definitely played well into this match. This was another one where they were, you know, talking to each other a lot and talking trash. So that definitely helped without the crowd. But yeah, I understand how you feel about the DQ. It well, it was unnecessary. I agree. I was honestly surprised at first. I thought it was like, did they make a mistake? Am I just hearing them ring the bell? And then I realized what happened. Um, I mean, but good thing. I mean, that kind of put a twist in it for me, honestly. I didn't, I just think it was a great match. Um, especially like their intensity in it. Uh, like when obviously he did the jump off the sign, like the reaction from Seth, like that noise he was making, like he was seriously in pain. I could tell from that when he was yelling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. That. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so I think again, it was a good match, a great match up until the DQ. I think that if they wanted to go with a, like a no DQ match, this this is the feud that they should have had the stipulation on beforehand. Um, I know that one, this has been like a blood feud. This is the longest feud that's been going on the roster currently. Um, and two, I, I think that it it. Ends up, ends up being a little bit silly uh, to just be like, okay, well, let's just restart this match because I don't want to win via DQ. I'm just going to win normally. Um, and other than that, I think that spot of the night is going to, like, what we're going to remember from mani- this mania um, is that spot with Kevin Owens. That, like, after the mania is over, I think that's going to be an everlasting shot, even though like you, people might come on and say, well, this this wasn't the best Mania. Um, there hasn't been a spot like that on a Mania, and that's something that's going to be able to talk about for years to come. You're going to get to see that on all the video packages from like now until many Manias from now. That's a great point. Um the the only yeah, main point. complaint I'm gonna have about this the the second part of the match and I, I said it with when we were watching it uh, was Rollins' selling of the stunner I thought it was completely stupid like oh, when when, when you get stunned <laughs> the whole point of the stunner uh, is like your whole body goes and like like flips out like. I mean, to be fair, everybody sells the right, stunner differently, and so I mean, look, we, at, look at Montez Ford's uh, yeah. sell. To that be even more fair, really... Seth Rollins had just been practically killed by dri- being driven through an announce table by a three hundred pound man but you're at... jumping from twenty feet in the air. But you're acting like yeah. So I don't like know if everybody who's ever like done one of those freak like flips uh, has never taken that much punishment before. No, most of them have no, not. No, but I all. But I also I also don't want to see somebody who, like Rob just pointed out, the punishment he took from that spot right beforehand. I don't want to see him take that and then a minute later having to like well, flip his body that. upside down just, or like flopping all around. Action other than just going limp no, and I thought like, it was a great sell. It like good in to a me. Ball See, I only I think there's only two good ways to sell a stunner. I think you either do like your typical like your rock of overselling it, or you sell it like you basically just die and fall which limp exactly on the, on the mat. Did. I thought it was perfect. which is so I didn't have I didn't have an issue with the sell. Uh, okay, okay, okay. You need okay. to we need to move on. Joey still hasn't even spoken. Joey, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
So it was, yeah, it was a great match up into the, uh, the, the DQ. Um, the DQ kind of took me out of it. Um, uh, Rollins, uh, not Rollins, uh, KO winning technically twice kind of took me, took me out of it as this, well. Yeah. I was waiting for somebody to bring this up properly. Um, yeah, I think that was, that's my biggest knock on the match. Um, it just kind of looks, it makes Rollins look a, a bit Rollins weak, is bulletproof. I mean, especially fine. Yeah, but 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 that's not the point of his like gimmick right now. Like he's supposed to be like this like messiah and like this godlike figure, and you know he basically just lost twice on the, in the same match. Yeah, I didn't. Same, I same didn't night. like. I didn't like that they had Roll or Rollins lose twice, especially because I do think that you know heels need to win sometimes, and I agree. you know not just by D not just by DQ, but as a counter argument. Um, had they done like the DQ where Rollins beats KO via DQ or sorry, KO wins via DQ technically. And then Rollins comes back and beats him. I'd probably still be here complaining about uh, them doing 50, 50 booking in the same match. So I guess to that extent, yeah, it's probably okay that KO won here. It gives him technically two big wins at WrestleMania. He needed um, to win this match. Yeah, it's not the it's not the it's not the worst thing. No. Yeah, but at, but at yeah, the same time, I don't saying. think they needed to do the restart. Oh, I agree. I, I think, think this could have been fine without that. It happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna move on from that. And we got, you know, the final two matches of Mania. We have the Universal Championship match and the main event, which I think kind of surprised us all was the So moving forward, we're gonna start with the Universal Championship match. Goldberg defending against Braun Strowman. Uh, before we give our reaction to this, uh, I'm just going to go around a circle here. I have the time for the matchup. Can everybody guess how long this match was, Rob? Uh, I'm going to go two minutes and 51 seconds. Two minutes and 52 seconds. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, two minutes and 22 seconds. Mm. Uh Three minutes and ten seconds. Okay, Ryan comes the closest. The uh, the official time count for this is two minutes and twelve seconds. Wow! Oh. And I believe Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia in uh, under three minutes or like three and a half minutes. So uh, you know this is this this is the title ring we got. Um. <laughs> So I think this match, we're not going to spend that long on it. I think it would have been better if Roman was in this match. You know, oh, they could have had a more physical match here. Uh, Goldberg would have at least been able to like tease the jackhammer with Roman. Um, personally, I think I, I think I'm probably alone here. Uh, that I think booking wise and like from a story standpoint, I would have probably kept the belt on Goldberg, especially since you're not going to be mm. doing ma- many like title defenses in the near future. I don't think we'll have a pay per view for like a month or so, probably even more than that. So it's not like he would need to defend the belt. Um, you could just send him out there, do promos, have him squash somebody. At this point, I think the more money match would have been. Roman versus Goldberg, and I think at this point you probably should have just waited to do it for whenever you can, unless it got to the point where you like physically couldn't keep waiting, then just take the belt off of them at some point for some other reason. Um, I really don't care about Braun Strowman right now. I think it's kind of stupid that he was just thrust in here, wins the match after never being able to win the belt in his matches where he had the story behind him, where like everybody was behind him as a character, and it looked like he was going to win. And also, you know, after he just lost the IC belt and looked like a goofball, um, losing to Sammy and his geek friends, um, I don't know, uh, did nothing for me. Uh, again, I think everybody's going to hear, or everybody here is going to probably 
dunk on this match. Um, and uh, again, I don't think any of us enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's the worst match I've ever seen or the worst match I've seen this year. That's uh, that's saved for pretty much the entire Saudi Arabia show. But yeah, was not a fan of this at all. Yeah, we didn't need that match. Mm-mm. To be honest. But Rob, good for but good for Braun. Yeah, good for Braun, sure. I guess ah. it's okay he's won the title. Rob, you can take this away. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that Roman would have been much better in the spot. I don't think he would have even been teased to hit the jackhammer. I think Roman would have kicked out of at least one jackhammer. But, you know, it's this match was exactly what I expected from a Goldberg match, uh, except that Braun actually won, which I think was the right decision. Because I think that there's not going to be another pay-per-view until at least SummerSlam with how things are shaping out in the U.S. right now. And I do not think Goldberg should be holding on to the title for six months, practically, when this is all over. I'd rather have Braun Strowman, who can at least, I don't know, if they do manage to be to come back soon, be around. I don't, I, that's just how I feel. I know there's definitely some controversy with Braun right now, and it's kind of random for him to just be shoved into this and win the title. But it's long overdue for him to win this title anyway, so I'm fine with it. The match was not anything, but that's a Goldberg match for you. So it was what it was. And I think Braun was the right winner here. Yeah. So <sighs> what I, I'm going to say, going to try to keep it short. Um, thought this was the worst match I've seen in the WWE. That was for a world title. Um, since, Whoa. since, okay. Whoa. since, Whoa. since, Goldberg versus Kevin Owens. Um, I think that the there was no build, there was no story, and it, it, the good thing about this was I know that when we were talking about why we think that Brom was who, uh, when we did our predictions, uh, I know that Pat said that one of the reasons he was choosing uh, whatever was he doesn't he didn't see. Uh, Goldberg being able to hit a spear or a jackhammer on Braun. The four spears that he did in this match were very good for Goldberg. Um, they were better than his ones that he's done in recent memory. Um, he's, they were better than the ones that he did on Dolph. They were better on the ones they did on The Fiend. They were better than the ones that he did on the one that he did on Kevin Owens when he did it against Kevin Owens. Um so that's a that's a plus. Um, I don't think that the WWE was ever gonna like do anything to Braun because of his comments about indie wrestling and indie wrestlers saying no. But should... my my point for Braun isn't that it's that whole controversy. It just from a booking standpoint, well, to me, it just didn't make sense for no, Braun to no, win. No, no, I agree that that. But I was referring to Rob's talking about the controversy around him. It, it, it's. Think people have said worse or done worse and not been punished. Um, yeah, that's the, fair. The, it, it was a comment that was stupid. People are going to hate it. I haven't cared about Braun Strowman in at least a year. He's the modern day uh, big show. Hopefully Braun Strowman doesn't get a TV show on Netflix. Um, oh, come on. You haven't even seen the show. All right. No, and, <laughs> oh, one last thing. One last thing. Um, I I do have to say that I I agree with the booking that Braun should hold the belt mm-hmm. now if you're going to do it. Um, but I don't know. 
I don't, I do not see what the point of taking the belt off the fiend was at this point. If it, yeah, if, I think if it that, I think that's I think that's an argument you probably could have made. You probably could have kept the belt on the fiend and done Cena versus the fiend for the title, but that's not the world we're living in, so we got to deal with it. Joey, I'm going to pass it to you, and then we gotta we're going to give it to Sam to finish us off for Goldberg. Uh, yeah, basically, I basically said what I said about this match. Um, when we first started talking about it, yeah, you um, don't care. We didn't really need it. It was random. Um, there was no type of offense besides finishers. That oh yeah, that is that was something that <laughs> like that was just two I, minutes. How many of power finishers? slams? Were there? Goldberg like, match. There was like, like four, five, five, five. There was four at least five. four or five. Yeah. Four spears, four power slams. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, um, um, but like, but but to you know to Rob's point, um, you kind of can't expect anything great from, from Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So we weren't gonna see him do like some super jackhammer on Braun Strowman and be he a hero have been and save the day to begin with. Agreed. No, he should not have. All right, Agreed. Sam, you get to have the final word on this one. Take it away, buddy. Thanks. So if anyone told me and, you know, when I was a young pubescent boy uh, watching wrestling that Goldberg would come back and not be the champion once, but multiple times, I would call you a liar. And that is our reality here in uh, 2020. Uh, as Goldberg was given the belt again in another squash match. Now, I was a little bit excited to first see Goldberg come back. And he's going to verse Kevin Owens. Wow, on the biggest, you know, big stage, you know, Survivor Series, I'm pretty sure, back in the day. No, it was fast lane. Fast, fast lane. Oh, my gosh, because that's even worse. Yes, fast lane and see him get absolutely annihilated by Goldberg, this 50-something-year-old man who has an obsession with his son. Excuse me? So I'm like, all right, he can have this little one-off to, you know, go to WrestleMania and whatever. Now, here he comes out of nowhere to be the opponent against The Fiend. I'm like, all right, I, I could see that. You know, Saudi Arabia paid their money. They need a good match. And the Fiend is strong, just like Goldberg was. Remember that Goldberg was put in that position as literally a man to des- destroy others. He was on that 100-plus streak of destroying you know, people in WCW in the day, just like the Fiend was kind of getting set up to do. You know, he was on a good streak. And what happens? You get this 50-something leathery old man to destroy a perfect character who was undefeated, literally discrediting all the work of all the months that The Fiend put into it, with the Firefly Funhouse and The Fiend character itself just completely gone to waste in a matter of, like, less than a minute or whatever it was, just immediate. And then, okay, I can see Roman Reigns. He's almost like a beast slayer. You know, he defeated um, Brock Lesnar. He can take on bigger guys. Great. And then, obviously, he gets sick. Can't, can't fight that. But they put Braun Strowman in his place. All right. I mean, that's the equivalent. I mean, it's better than Austin Theory, I guess, in theory. <laughs> so if you're going to put – no, no. If you're going to put Braun Strowman there, great. And then – now, listen. I don't want Goldberg to have the belt. I, I don't because I don't want a part-time terrible champion to have the belt anytime. But if they're going to – they let Braun Strowman win, and this is what bothers me, is that they literally just destroyed the fiend for this leathery old man. And then just basically hand the title to Braun, who had no buildup, no existence on either Raw or SmackDown since his loss to, (laughs) I'm going to say, a homeless man, Sami Zayn, and his little goons. (laughs) (laughs) 
so they're gonna give it to Braun now. So I, I listen. I, I just I don't know what they. I think that Goldberg just needs to retire. You know, maybe maybe it should just been Goldberg versus Undertaker. So then Goldberg could have lost, and he could have been in that hole in the ground, and then he could just retire, and then that that's the end of him. Because I'm sick of him. I don't want to see him anymore. Glenn Crawford, everybody. Yeah, I just want to say I really wish we had a podcast yeah. like uh, when Goldberg round, first came round back. Of, yeah, round of applause. Um, that was awesome. I agree with most of what Sam said, but I the fiend is obviously doing okay right now. The fiend the fiend slightly recovered. I still think I don't think slightly. He, I think he's pretty much well, I, wait, I, no. wait, wait, unless wait, 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 it's still not good that what they did to him with the Goldberg situation is not good at all. But I think we've said enough about a leathery old man. Yeah. So from one leathery old man, we're going to go to another old man in his uh, what could potentially be his final match ever. There were some implications here with uh, they're releasing some WWE Network special called The Last Ride. And uh, there was a comment he made on it talking about, isn't it? He needs a match befitting to him to for his like his, his final hurrah or whatever. And uh, so we have The Undertaker here, uh, or Mark Calloway, whatever you want to call him. It did say The Undertaker on the screen. And uh, AJ Styles, uh, Alan Jones. And uh, I think this was probably kind of an uh, unexpected main event. I think, you know, going into the show, it is one of the bigger matches. But I I personally wasn't expecting them to have, like, this or the Firefly Funhouse main event either night. Because it's not an actual wrestling match. It's a pre-taped, like... Uh, special like the final deletion and sure enough this was the main event uh personally i will say i'll just say it right now this is my match of the night um i know ryan earlier said that the smackdown ladder match was his in-ring match of the night i couldn't tell you what my in-ring match of the night was personally but this was my match of the night overall uh, i thought this was phenomenal there's definitely like shades of jeremy borash in here from when uh, matt and him made the final deletion uh, so I thought we'll go in, we'll probably go in deeper on this, but uh, for me personally, just going to say right now, I love this. Yeah, I think it's pretty unanimous with us that we all really enjoyed this. And like you said, big props to Matt Hardy and Jeremy Borash for really innovating this type of style and making it relevant in today's landscape because it's something that we don't see much and it's so unique. And I thought it was so great. It's just brilliant. Uh, it's as soon as it started, I knew it was going to be fantastic just by the style and the camera work. It felt like we were watching like the climactic fight in like an old Western or something. It wasn't a wrestling match. It was a fight. And it was kind of like the American badass was back for one night. And it was just exactly what I was hoping for. In my opinion, the best thing the undertaker has been a part of probably since the heyday of the streak. So it's, just amazing just incredible i loved every second of it yeah i mean i totally agree like it's a cinematic cinematic masterpiece overall um i think what the great part of it too is that undertaker is a part of this match because let's be real he's older he's not as fast as you know agile as they used to be in this setting i think it let him shine way better than it would be if he was actually in a ring you know allow him to do more things um and that as that like um I would say mysterious effect of the undertaker, you know, with the fog machines and, you know, the part where he appeared behind AJ, that's something yeah. that would be harder to do. You know, if it was like WrestleMania was live, 
Um, I think it just added way more to the story, way more to the match, and made it more mm-hmm. just than a match. It's like an experience, and especially if this is his last match, it really shows true to his character as the Undertaker. Like he's unstoppable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this was the best part of Mania overall. Um, I thought that there's a lot of fun stuff that they did. Um, I thought the the shovel thing. They kept on calling it a shovel. It didn't look like a shovel. It had the smallest handle. I know that we debated it uh, while watching it that it, maybe it was a shovel that like the shovel part fell off of. I thought that was great. I thought Gallows and Andersons uh, coming in um, and just showing like they're they're very good. Uh, they're very charismatic together, um, and their whole segment with the Undertaker was great. Um, I thought that AJ was able to just be himself, uh, be, he was able to be a little bit goofier. Um, you got, it was funny to see like goofy AJ versus dead serious undertaker. Um, and the whole story of this, the whole feud has been like, that AJ keeps on saying that the only reason he keeps on coming back and coming back is because Michelle wants him to keep on going out there and she's burying his career and he was going to put the final nail in it. Um, and if this is the final uh, Undertaker thing, I think this is a great way to go off of. I wouldn't say this was the best thing since like the heyday of the streak um, because I really wasn't what I don't know where you'd say that. Like, or, I would to... argue since uh, since Taker versus Punk. Okay, um, I wouldn't go. I think that um, him versus Brock, not the Mania match, um, but their feud uh, in Hell in a Cell and SummerSlam. I thought that was a really great feud. Um, so I'd say like this is at least the best since then um in ring this wasn't in ring uh so you i can't really compare it to those but i think the feud itself was up there um with some of his better uh best work um and yeah i I think it'll be interesting to see where aj comes out next um i think this honestly you could keep aj off tv for a, a while with I think that's what they'll do. I think AJ's definitely going to be off. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. and I think the whole cl- I think the whole club as itself kit needs a refresher after this because I don't know where you go from this. They were this is the the best that they've looked as a group in a while. I wouldn't be shocked if they get split up whenever they come back. Yeah. I mean, even if they don't do that, you could just like just have them off for a little bit, refresh. They're not the youngest guys. Um, Again, I think that all depends on how long TV yeah. is changed, um, so we'll so, see. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what ha- what happens next uh, with them yeah. and with Taker, but I thought this was a great segment. Right, and yeah. a great end, end of the night. Yeah, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, we're in some pretty telling times right now with this COVID-19 pandemic, um, and it has affected wrestling greatly. And as a fan, um, this match gave me hope and it made me realize why I love professional wrestling. Um, I think everything with the editing and all that 
both of them, Taker and Styles, was perfect. Um, this match benefited Taker more than anything, I believe. I think if it was an in-ring match, I don't think it would have been as great. Um, and I think them able to edit things made it look like Taker wasn't like you know tired or worn out, um, opposed to what he would be in a live match. So I thought everything was just greatly handled, and it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I again, I think it it was like you said. It you know times kind of suck for everybody right now with the whole pandemic going on, and I think that uh, AEW has shown good signs with uh, how they're handling the Matt Hardy Chris Jericho stuff and how they've transitioned the Dark Order to mainly being vignettes right now. Um, I'd be perfectly okay with WWE going that route and doing more stuff like this. Obviously not to this length and not making it feel this special, but like mm. just pre-tape stuff. I think right now it's probably better to do that than trying to give everybody actual wrestling matches. Cause for the most part, nobody's going to treat them like, uh, like regular, you know, what you would see on a big pay-per-view. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I really love this, uh, for sure, my match of the night. Um, we know what Ryan's said. What would everybody else say was their match of the night? Real quick, before we go on. Uh, in uh, ring, I'd probably go Owens and Rollins. And but we, I'm assuming so. I'm assuming we'd all say this is the thing we enjoyed the most was the oh, Boneyard. Yeah, oh, yeah over, okay. Over, okay. Okay. So yeah, okay, so everybody can go around and say what their other favorite match was. Then so Rob says uh, Owens and Rollins. Uh, I really like the ladder match. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, as, as I Ryan, said, ladder you said match. ladder match. Yeah. If this is good, is this our last thing of the night, real quick? Oh God. No, no, we're gonna still continue right. on for a little right. bit more. Um, so Joey. Uh, yeah, I'd say the ladder match. Okay, fair enough. I think from an entertainment standpoint, I'd probably go uh, the Intercontinental Championship match. Though I made my opinions and thoughts on the whole thing clear with Sammy. Um, Ryan, did you have something? Yeah, you I was to gonna say? say that I think that. Um, not just was this um, just a really fun segment. It's we all said that like going into this, we didn't know what a boneyard match was going to be, uh, and as it ended up turning out to be, it was like a modern day version of the buried alive match. Um, and I think that that this is a really cool way to do it, just because like the buried alive uh, match idea hasn't been done in a while. Um, and like looking back on it, it was kind of silly. Um, they didn't have the technology that, that we have now with like the type of editing that they do. There was no match type really like what the final deletion was. So again, shout out to Matt Hardy, Jeremy Borash, and everybody part of creating that in Impact Wrestling. Um, and now with this, I think this was probably up there with that um in terms of entertainment um definitely better than like the house of horrors match and the hardy compound or not the hardy compound the wyatt compound match that wwe had done before um i think this is the best like pre-taped match that wwe has done before I I almost to- I've totally forgot that they did the Wyatt compound thing with day. um with the yeah. new day. I forgot that yeah. existed. I that is not in my brain. I don't remember that at all. It was on a, I, it I was believe so, that it happened. It was a random Raw episode. 
Yeah, so basically right after the final deletion happened, WWE a couple of weeks later or a couple of months later came out with the Wyatt compound match. It was just like a bunch um, of them like in a circle with a bunch of cars. Yeah, it was a bunch of cars with the Wyatts and the New Day were there and they were basically just like screaming and freaking out when they started <laughs> teleporting and then they brawled a bit from what I remember. And I remember it not lasting that long. I think it was done in under like 10 minutes. You know, like eight yeah. to ten minutes. So it wasn't anything substantial. And they didn't treat it like such. Like, I don't remember it having any big implications. Um, it did not stick in my yeah. brain. Still doesn't ring yeah. a bell. But I believe I, I, you. I, I don't remember. As it. soon as Ryan said it, I came back. I didn't, I completely forgot yeah. about it, too. Um, but yeah, so uh, real quick, you know, um, uh, just as a, a little bit of a preview. Um, so we have this show as our WrestleMania uh, 36 Night 1 review. Tomorrow night, we're also going to be giving out, or not giving out, but we're going to be doing another. Uh, review of WrestleMania for night two. Uh, it'll be me, Ryan, Rob, and uh, and either Sam here, or we'll be having Angelo on. And Joey. Either. Don't forget uh, Joey. Fifth person. Oh, and Joey. Sorry, I forgot. I knew I was missing somebody. Um, so either you'll either be getting Sam's voice again, or you'll be getting Angelo. And then we'll uh, me, Ryan, Joey, and Rob will be back later in the week with another regular episode, though it'll be a bit shorter. And the plan is to treat that as uh, our, we're going to call it the WrestleMania wrap-up, which is we'll sit with WrestleMania a couple of days, and then we'll talk about it again, not in detail, but basically just go over, you know, how we overall thought the two-night experience was. And we're also going to be talking about the next episode of The Dark Side of the Ring Season 2, which is the uh, the infamous Brawl for All, which is should be exciting, I think. Ooh, it should be a pretty exciting. fun episode. And also, don't forget that Ooh. if Cena wins tomorrow... Oh, if John Cena wins tomorrow, we will also try our very best to be getting hot take, uh, Jake. hot take Jake on here, since he is the only person who chose John Cena out of our predictions group. And we'll also, also, mm-hmm. also, if Charlotte Flair wins the title tomorrow, Ryan will you explode. Do not, you do not want to hear from Ryan. Yeah, the uh, no. yeah. Well, well, the the episode might be getting heavily edited yeah. tomorrow. I, um, I promise <laughs> to be on my best behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, before we Can go, we... I want to know what everyone is looking forward to the most for tomorrow. Which match? Um, well, uh, real quick, just one more thing. Um, tomorrow we'll also give you our updates on our prediction points and who won and who lost. Yes. But for what I'm looking forward to tomorrow the most, uh, it's definitely, I think, match-wise, I think I'm going to go Edge versus Orton. I think that should uh. deliver in spades. But after seeing the Boneyard, and how, the Boneyard match and how well it delivered tonight, I'd probably say Firefly Funhouse is... Inching up there is uh, something I'm hotly anticipating. I'm with you 100. percent It's it's up there for those two, definitely. Uh, Edge, easy. Edge Orton. Last. Oh, we standing. should probably say this because um, those who don't know, since he hasn't been on the podcast, um, Sam had lost our TLC punishment, which meant that uh, he had to watch both of the Royal Rumble matches blindfolded <laughs> and with uh, he- like noise canceling headphones on, while uh, his girlfriend narrated it to him. Who doesn't watch wrestling and so sam actually missed edge's actual <laughs> turn like he didn't actually get to physically see it or anything brutal so this will be his first time seeing edge wrestle again, also uh, that like sam that did not know that uh charlotte won the royal rumble up until uh the other day when the predictions came out um because he was no. under the impression that Shayna baszler won <laughs> and that's why she was facing yeah. becky so <laughs> yeah that is true so, all right, Ryan. Because why would the Royal Rumble winner? Wait, first of all, why would the Royal Rumble winner be versing the NXT? She champion? challenged Rhea. Rhea challenged her. Or but something. why? You got to go big, go go big or go well, home. It's it, being it, treated like a saying. world title now. Okay, that's another. Story. Yeah, that's a. We'll, we'll discuss that probably <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, Ryan, what are you looking forward to uh, tomorrow the most? Edge being back, 
um, has to be mine. Uh, I never got to experience. I was never. I wasn't a, the biggest wrestling fan um, when Edge actually had his heyday. Um, I have never watched an Edge match live. I mean, this won't be live. Um, I don't count the. Well, you yeah, saw the Royal that, Rumble. I haven't seen like a singles match. Um, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And so, so I did getting to see this. I think will be at least something cool. From what I've seen of Edge throughout time, he's one of my faves. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but I'm really excited. I think that with the Boneyard match being the way we ended tonight, I would not be surprised now if uh, the Fiend gets his WrestleMania moment as the fi- the final shot for tomorrow. Oh, you think, I think that's going to mean that? I mean, Bleacher Report has already said that in WWE, uh, like when they did like the reveal of the match card, they they did say that those that the this is one of the headliners. So, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I yeah. don't. It is John I don't, Cena. Yeah, I just I don't know if He's they're going to do both pre-taped matches like that. Um, as the I mean, they're all pre-taped, yeah, but you no, know no, what no, I mean. I as the yeah. two main events. So, uh, Joey. Uh, yeah, they say uh, great minds think alike, so I'm with uh, Pat and Rob with this one. I think I'm looking forward for The Fiend and Cena. Um, I believe that this fits The Fiend and his character perfectly, like this kind of match. Um, and, I th- Cena's, and Cena's great. Um, I've never, ever actually been a huge Cena fan, but I will respect that he is great. And I think he will also thrive in this match um, because, you know, it's going to be goofy. I think it's going to be goofy. Um, but it's going to be very entertaining, and I'm going to love it as long as John Cena does not win. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all in the same boat. As long as Cena doesn't win, we'll be happy. Um, all right, just to close up on night one, just I think we should get an overall consensus here. So uh, we're all going to go around, and everybody can give your rating. Uh, you, I, I don't really care what you do. You can do number. You can do thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, stars, whatever you want, Rob. Uh, I'll let you kick it off for us. Uh I'm going to give it a, I don't know. I don't even know what to give it. I would say like, I would say it's, I'd give it a B plus. Okay. That's fine. Oh yeah. I didn't even name letters, but yeah, letters is also a rating. That's fine. Uh, Sam. Uh, I'm going to give it a uh, two Goldberg modern age title reigns out of four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. That is, that is a rating. Um, I'm going to give oh. just straight up uh B minus. I think it was good. Could have been better. Could have been worse. B minus is solid. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. And uh, since we're doing all different ratings, I'll do one too. Um, I'm going to go thumbs in the middle, though if you took the Boneyard match out of this pay-per-view entirely, I would be giving it a thumbs down. Um, although I do want to say something, I think we probably all will agree with on this. Uh, I thought this show kind of flew by oh, compared to, yeah, definitely. Mm. Was, to be fair, uh-huh. it was also a shorter show, but even compared to like a raw or, Sm- or SmackDown, this it like, was pretty much exactly was, three hours. Yeah. This, you like, know, it felt like a NXT yes. takeover. Yeah. With yeah. lengthwise. Yeah. Really just breezed by. I thought the pacing even though there of the show was, was really a lot well. more matches than what a there, takeover would have. Yeah. Typically takeovers are like five or six. This had eight and it also had Elias versus Baron Corbin. Um, <laughs> oh, and Goldberg and Strowman. So but that um, was two minutes. So it doesn't even count. No, but yeah, there were two because uh, the ladder match went almost 20 minutes and the Boneyard went almost 20 minutes. So 
Um, yeah, but overall, uh, those are our opinions. Uh, be sure to follow us over on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling, wrestling without the G. Uh, you know, can be confusing, but if you uh, if you listen and can understand spelling, then it should be pretty straightforward. Wrestling. No, not wrestling. That would be a different thing because that'd be R A. Yeah, there you go, wrestling. Um, be sure to go check out our Facebook if you want. Again, I always say you don't have to like it. Probably don't like it, but if you want Please it, deep yeah, like, like it. If you want it, it's Facebook. deep. If you want yes. it, it's deep six wrestling, but with the G. Uh, and also our YouTube channel is also deep six wrestling with the G. Um, and I think that's going to do it. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow or today, I guess, whenever this is going out, since it is uh, it is past 12 a.m. Happy New Year. Uh, Easter. And, you know, it is anyway. Yeah. Be sure to uh, and also be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. Leave a like or rating if you can. I don't really know what all the podcast services are like, but uh, that's going to do it for us. And we will see you uh, tomorrow. All right. I miss yeah. you already. Oh, Goodbye. Bye. Give Sam uh, Glenn a happy birthday.